You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Here's RG3. He's going to run for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. 3 2. Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Most valuable player of Super Bowl 22 is quarterback Doug Williams. First black quarterback to start a Super Bowl, the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Tell you what, I hope Doug Williams does. I hope he puts to bed once and for all about the black athlete in professional football. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. This is called Pirate Radio. Welcome, 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 everyone, to a brand new episode of GGR Post Game with me, your host, MC Brooks. Just on the front end, let me say Happy New Year to all of you who are listening. I want to thank you all for listening. You made this this podcast as inconsistent as it was. You know, uh, one of the highest rated on the network, and that's pretty awesome. And I hope all of you who are listening uh, enjoyed your holidays, whether you spent it with family, with friends, with your pets, or uh, by yourself, or however you chose to spend it. Hopefully, you enjoyed uh, you enjoyed your your holiday and your time. And you know, we wish love, light, and peace to to everyone. Because we also know this time of year can be particularly difficult. Uh, with that being said, on tonight's episode, I'm going to be talking about you know everything surrounding what happened with Demar Hamlin on Monday Night Football. Uh, because I, I uh, have a lot to say, and I think some of the conversations surrounding it has been pretty interesting. So, yeah, we're going to get into that in a moment. But before I get into that, make sure you're going to GreekGeekRefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as other podcasts such as my other podcast, The Overflow with MC Brooks, and some of the other podcasts we have on the network like At the Diner, The Gamer Den, and FedCon. In addition to that, make sure you're following Great Geek Refuge on all social media accounts. We're Great Geek Refuge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where we have a pretty active Facebook community. And if you'd like to support us for just a few bucks a month, you can get access to... Uh, some exclusive merch by, you know, subscribing to us on Patreon, which will get you exclusive merch, early access to podcasts uh, such as the Cold Open and the full version of the Holiday Party, which, you know, is available on Patreon now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for only a couple bucks a month, uh, you know, I think it'd be well worth the investment. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the episode tonight. 
So in case you're unfamiliar, on Monday Night Football, there was a game being played between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. And, you know, I was paying attention to the game, but not fully paying attention because uh, I was I was uh, preoccupied with some other things I had going on at the time. Um, and I noticed that there was a there seemed to be a stoppage in the in the action and. Uh, um, I didn't know what was going on at first, and then you know, after seemingly looking at uh, looking at Twitter, I was quickly brought up to speed at uh, something that I feel like we as a nation were right to be horrified by, but also shouldn't have been completely surprised by, given the nature of what we watch for essentially six months out of the year, every year. And have been for, you know, the last couple decades. And in case you're unfamiliar, uh, Demar Hamlin, who is a safety for the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, made what you know to the average sports fan's eye a routine tackle on uh, Bengals receiver T. Higgins. Uh, now, right after the play, you know, Demar uh, stood up and seemingly popped up the way that you know we've seen players do. You know, millions of times over the years after tackling someone to the ground. What proceeded to happen in the aftermath of that is is uh, what sent uh, shockwaves through, I feel like, everyone who uh, watched the game live, whether in the stadium or on TV. And then, in addition, you know, those who eventually came across the video clip that was circulating on Twitter and other social media networks. So, you know he collapsed to the ground and remained motionless. Now we've seen incidents like that, uh, pretty often in recent years, um, with, uh, you know, head and neck injuries we've seen where, you know, guys have been motionless and, you know, normally what you, you know, what so many of us look for is the, the thumbs up, you know, the player essentially letting everyone know like, okay, yeah, like obviously I'm, I'm hurt, but, you know, I'm I'm okay. Like I'm, I'll I'll be okay. You know, kind of giving the the sigh of relief into uh, you know a viewers everywhere. They're like, okay, we can kind of clear our conscience a little bit about the nature of what it is that we're watching, right? So it was pretty shocking when you know those who were watching realized that you know people they were beginning to adhere what looked like CPR to the young safety as he lay motionless and time started to pass in a way that is rather uncommon for your typical NFL injury. And, you know, they, 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 in addition to initiating CPR, they uh, also used an AED automated external defibrillation and other treatments for about 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, he was eventually given oxygen and an IV and, you know, they brought an ambulance onto the field to, to bring the, you know, to, to get the young man to a hospital. Now, again, injuries in football are all common, right? We've, you know, if you've watched football with any level, by and large, you are familiar with kind of how the process works whenever there is an injured player. I think what... The, the, the exact moment that started to make it feel very real, in addition to 
watching, you know, these responders use CPR on the, on the player on the field, which is an uncommon sight. But then it, it happened to be when you when you saw the cameras pan around and you saw the reactions on people's faces. And the reactions were clearly a step beyond just, you know, my my teammate, my friend, my brother is injured, right? Because, you know, there's always concern, but there's like an understandable level of concern because of the nature of what you watch and what you play. But, you know, there were tears uh, welling into the eyes, and I believe the first time I saw where I saw tears in the eyes of the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, and then a few other players, and it, like, it was at that moment that cemented for me and, with, and you know, the nation, basically, that this was... This was way more serious than any of us had anticipated. And, you know, like, it just, it, as someone who who has been a lifelong football fan, it definitely called a lot of things into conflict. Or I found myself in a a place of, of conflict kind of in that moment. And I think a lot of people did. As they and as America as a whole, you know, for the last couple of years has been wrestling with their own thoughts and feelings about football as a sport, given what we know about what the longer term effects of football uh, have been. And, you know, rightfully so, that game ended up getting postponed because none, none of the teams or coaches involved felt compelled to continue playing. When you have a situation like that that is so jarring and, and so scary, it's it, it can be really hard to compartmentalize. And, and that also kind of added to the gravity of the situation overall because, again, when you play a sport and you play a sport like football, compartmentalizing is something you have to do on a regular basis. You know, you guys are going to get hurt. That's just the nature of the game. You know, good and bad things are going to happen on the field, and you can't a lot. You can't really let yourself get too high or too low when you're in the in the in the heat of it. So compartmentalizing is something that's that's normal, but you know, it, it the, the, there was no way to compartmentalize what exactly happened um, on on that on that play and. Um, Eventually, uh, you know, teams gathered our stuff, the game was postponed, and, you know, all of us collectively, I felt like, you know, we're waiting to hopefully get some, some good news um, based on uh, what we got. And, uh, you know, around uh, 145, 148 in the morning, um, there were reports, the reports had come out that, you know, he had, be- that the, the young safety uh, DeMar Hamlin had gone into cardiac cardiac arrest while on the field, and his heartbeat had to be restored. Um, and since that night, since that night, uh, you know, uh, DeMar has been at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center uh, s- uh, sedated and uh, on a ventilator to help with his help with his breathing. We've gotten some positive update updates because his uncle, um, uh, Dorian Glenn, um, 
was you know gave uh, gave an interview kind of uh, with some updates on how Jamar was doing and how the the family was was feeling and basically said the condition was trending upwards. Then uh, a player on the Bills, uh, cornerback Kair Elam, said that uh, Hamlin was awake and doing better. And you know just earlier today at the time of this recording, they the Buffalo Bills did release a statement saying you know Demar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. And while still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. Trauma surgeon uh, Dr. Timothy Pritz said Hamlin was able to communicate by writing on paper or by nodding and shaking his head because he still has a breathing tube. Uh, when and when he woke up, he was able to follow commands, and you know he himself asked who won the football game uh, on Monday. And uh, the doctor apparently responded, you won the game of life. And uh, the, the doctor ended up saying that, you know, there's still progress that needs to happen. But this is a good turning point to to kind of everything that, that took place. And um, there were a lot of really uh, interesting reactions to the events of what happened on Monday. And... Uh, you know, we saw one. We saw the the ones you can kind of expect whenever something horrible like that happens in any in like in like anywhere. Not even just related to sports. In terms of you know having thoughts and prayers uh, for the per, for the person involved, and you know people hoping that they're that the 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 person the people are all right. Like and and like just a level of care that you can tell comes from a very genuine place. Then you also have, you know, stuff that was. That was said that was pretty insensitive. You know, there were there were tweets by an ESPN reporter and another tweet by Skip Bayless who got a ton of backlash, you know, kind of taking the focus on something other than, you know, the life of the of the young man, DeMar Hamlin. And, you know, again, as as someone who is a lifelong football fan, it, it left me feeling very conflicted about what it is Um that I, that I watch every week and that I have been watching every week since, you know, essentially for 30 years. And I, um, I, I had a revelation earlier this year about kind of um, how uncomfortable I've gotten to feel with listening to a lot of uh, violent music in general, given the level of violence that is taking place in this country um, and, and even in my own city. And it makes me it, it it makes it kind of conflicting for me to find entertainment in something that is when you really analyze what's happening, um, it's it's really horrific, and these are the same kind of conflicting feelings that I find myself having, um, in regards to football, in the aftermath of what happened to Demar Hamlin on Monday night, simply because. One of the uh, things that I've gotten into a habit of saying over the years is I've gotten really uncomfortable with the way people, the way analysts and fans sometimes talk about athletes in terms of them being soft or injury prone or like coming up with certain terminology like calling someone street clothes um, simply because they get injured when, when, when playing sports and the thing I think people don't realize um, is that, you know, and, and this is 
not unique to football, but football definitely is what comes to mind when I say this. And that is that, you know, this thing is not normal. I mean, it's it's currently normal in the sense of for many of us, we've grown up watching or playing the sport on some level. Um, even, like, even, like the average person likely has some base level knowledge of how the game of football is played. So it's normal in that regard. But in terms of the actual playing of the game itself, like these are like this is not normal. Um, I can't I can't remember where it came from. But I want to say there was a study or someone who said that, you know, getting tackled in professional football is very similar to a car crash. And uh, essentially, there are car crashes happening on every play on the field. And so when I say it's not normal, it's not normal to be in a car crash on a regular basis, let alone to be in a car crash several times over a three-hour time span, car crash several times in uh, several times over a three-hour time span for six months out of the year, car crash multiple times over a three-hour span for six months out of the year for multiple years at a time, like that. Like that is not normal. The human body was not designed for us to to do that we didn't evolve for that purpose or for that reason now obviously i understand you know uh, i'm not making an argument about about thing about you know things being natural naturally occurring or anything i'm not i'm not trying to make an argument for that but i i think people really do need to understand like like that's not a normal thing for a person to have to endure and, you know, the fact that it happened, we've taken the fact that it happens for granted just because it's something that we ourselves are not able to do. But the reality is these are real people who are, who are, who are, uh, you know, putting themselves through a ton of trauma on multiple levels, mental, physical, emotional, etc. Uh not only because they love the game, but for what the game provides and just for the entertainment of, of fans. So I get really uncomfortable whenever I hear people be critical of people who get injured, um, uh, who people who are critical of, of people who get injured while playing the sport. Like this sport is naturally violent. That's the nature of it. And it's what makes this thing that the NFL is trying to do or have said that they try to do to make the game safer, but it's kind of a thing of you can't really make it safer just by nature of what it is that you're asking them to do, right? Now there are you can you know make it safer in the sense of like you know transitioning to like two hand touch or capture or like flag football or something, but people by and large are not going to want to watch that. It seems like especially given that you know so much of the so so much of the draw of watching football is watching foot people overcome in seemingly impossible circumstances someone who has the ball 
and is seemingly running through people, not allowing themselves to go down or to be conquered, right? Uh, you know, shout out to Marshawn Lynch and the Beastquake, you know? Like, there's there's something about it. That, that That's the appeal of it. And we really need to... We really need to just understand that the that this is not normal. There's no way to really make football safer in the way that you want to make them safer. You want to make it safer. The way you make football safe is to stop playing it. Basically, it's it's very similar to cigarettes, right? People, you know, people invented vaping seemingly to provide a safer alternative to cigarettes. And the reality is, like, you know, even though the research is early, there there's stuff to suggest that, like, yeah, it is, it is safer because you're not inhaling these chemicals or this or that. But then they're also discovering that it also presents its own unique set of issues. And it may be safer in this one area, but is it overall more safe? can't say and most people would largely say no it could even be potentially worse and that's the case with football as well no one's out here trying to make the case for safe cigarettes simply because it's an oxymoron cigarettes by proxy of their existence are not safe and that is the same thing with football unless you are fundamentally changing and removing the one appeal one of the major appeals of the sport itself there's no way to actually make football safe. And so what we as viewers are going to ultimately have to do is understand what we're watching when we are watching it every week. Understanding that what happened to DeMar Hamlin on Monday night was horrible. And I think everyone would agree that it's horrible. But it's also very likely not going to be the last time we see something like that. And then understanding that, like, you know, even though we are being entertained by it, that these are still very real people with very real lives that are being affected by the sport. There there was research to suggest a while ago that football as we know it like, very likely will not exist in 50 years, let alone 100 years from now. And to be honest, given the nature of the sport and the negative effects that we know that it can have on the human body, like, yeah, if if the sport were to ultimately find itself banned, yeah, I could, I could totally understand why that ends up being the case. We got really lucky that, you know, DeMar Hamlin is, you know, alive and awake and seemingly getting better. And, you know, I wish him and his family nothing but the best. But the reality is, we all love violence. This country in particular loves violence. That's why football is 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 the drug that this this uh, that this country and the world will never be able to wean itself off of. Because think back to the pandemic. Just the idea of not playing football. Look at look at the withdrawal this nation went through just at the idea of not being able to play football because of a global health crisis. I mean, capitalism in itself won't allow for that to happen. 
But even with that, it does call into question just what, you know, what the future of the sport is. And with us as viewers, where do you fall on that? And what responsibility do we as the public have in our support of this? There's, I mean, I, I, I've gotten to a point where I, people who are boycotting football for whatever their reasons, I understand. And people who, who, who don't, who are, you know, making sure that their children are not playing. Yeah, like I, I understand. I, 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 I get it 110%. And I agree with that. Because I've said that if I were to have children, as much as I love football, I'm not sure if I would want them to play. At least not when they were young, which kind of leads into uh, the 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 other thing here too, um, in talking about some of the reaction to it because I've seen people uh, have uh, or bring up or a, like ask questions on social media um, about like what is the appeal, you know, why do this, why do that, and I think the the reality is for a lot of young athletes. Is that for for a lot of people who who grew up impoverished or like without are able to go are able to change their circumstances? They're able to change the the lives of the people who have been in their lives to this point and for their future, uh, the the lives that they will have in the future in terms of you know children and other family members. You 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 give someone an opportunity to to do that, and 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 doing it with something that these people are naturally very, very good at. So while I do believe this country does have a moral conundrum that they have to deal with in terms of the sport, um, I'm, I, I have to say that I'm also okay with people who choose to watch or play knowing the nature of what it is that they're watching. I think that is kind of the, the, the big thing now for me Whereas in pre- previous years, when the, when the NFL was denying that CTE came from concussions and, you know, where it was reporting about how safe the game is and all this and that, I do some, I'm someone who believes that if you give people all of the information and they still choose to do something, then like, what can you do? That's the choice that they made, and they should have the right to have that option if that option is available to them. Again, to draw another comparison, it's kind of just like smoking. You know, we, we, we studies have, have gone for years with the negative effects of smoking. There have been commercials and ad campaigns and just so many things done to try to wean people away from it. And the reality is that it, a lot of that stuff didn't work. And it's not going to do it because ultimately people are going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, I can't say that if I were young and really good at football, that I wouldn't have taken a chance at going pro knowing they could have changed, you know, my circumstances and the circumstances for my family. You know, like I I, I can't blame that. I can't blame that for that. And I think, you know, that is ultimately where, like, something that needs to happen. And honestly, I think we're also seeing a little bit of the effects of that in professional football just in general, simply because we're seeing athletes retire at young ages. We're seeing players in their mid-20s 
or late 20s or no or at 30 just being like all right i've come in i've made my money i need to get out of here i need to i need to go do other stuff i think about andrew luck who suffered so many injuries over his uh his young career in the nfl you know and you know him deciding to get out because it just wasn't fun to be sitting and dealing with being hurt all the time and not being able to to spend time with your family or with your friends because you are recovering and you need the rest and and whatnot. So I do think it's okay for people to play if if they have all the information to do so. And by proxy of that, I do think younger generations are making decisions that older generations didn't to prioritize their health in terms of leaving the game. And I do think more athletes should absolutely, absolutely do that. But, um, yeah, this, this situation is, it was very scary and frightening. And uh, I'm glad that we are seemingly headed towards a more positive ending uh, for the game. Uh, simply because DeMar appears to be uh, getting better. And that is, you know, the one thing that I think I and most people wanted to hear. But even with... The fact that he's going to be okay in this case shouldn't let us, like, it shouldn't distract us from the reality that this is not going to be a one-time occurrence. And morally, we are going to have to have a conversation with ourselves, both both individually and as a nation, about what it is that we watch every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. I get that we love the sport. I love the sport. I've I have not stopped watching because of how much I love the sport and also for the camaraderie that I've been able to forge because of the love of this sport in particular. But it does call in the question of at what point do you save people from themselves? You know, I love football, but I think that, you know, if if, you know, there were alternatives that would allow people to live longer and to not have traumatic brain and body uh, injuries that are lifelong that obviously end up impacting their uh, mental health and their their uh, quality of life. Like, yeah, I would probably give up football in a heartbeat. It's no different than the, the age-old question about, you know, would you rather, you know, would you rather have hip hop or would you rather have the circumstances that created hip hop uh, be resolved? And I think for all of us, we would like to have those things resolved simply because it would be it's the it's the greater good. No one deserves to suffer in general. And, you know, when it comes to football, we, we are understanding and seeing in real time the dangers of the sport itself. Yes, we, we should want people to have all the information to know the dangers and to make a decision that best suits them and to not judge them for whatever that decision ends up being. But even with that, I do think it's important that we, we ask those questions, both of ourselves and our neighbors and with others about, you know, what, what you know, is this something worth keeping around and worth doing? Because as I mentioned, I don't believe DeMar Hamlin is going to be the last time we see something like that on the field. And to be fair, it's not the only time. Because I, I remember when uh, Ryan Shazier got uh, got injured uh, playing for Pittsburgh. And he ended up having to retire due to that injury. 
And I, I, I really, you know, I was kind of jarred and caught off guard by that as well. But that's the question I'm just going to have to pose to you as the listener about, you know, where do you stand on all this and how do you feel and how do you compartmentalize? How, how do you rationale with what it is that we watch every weekend? That's the $6 million question. It's not a question I can answer right now because I also don't think there are any wrong answers. But it is a question that needs to be had. And it's something that each person should be asking themselves individually. So with that being said, I do want to say, you know, big shout out to the Bills and to the Bengals uh, and to DeMar Hamlin and his family and to the doctors at uh, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center because uh, because of everyone involved, a young man's life was able to be saved and he's going to be able to get another chance to, you know, hopefully recover and see his family and, and live his life once again. This is a very scary situation, and it's it it is not normal. But we should also maybe think a little bit about redefining what is normal and redefining and what we look to for entertainment. But uh, that's probably a conversation for another podcast. Um, I'm I'm glad Demar Hamlin is 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 going to be okay and. I, I just hope that he uh, and his, he has a very safe and speedy and whole recovery and that his family and friends and everyone, you know, continues to wrap their arms around him and his family um, and show them love and care and connection and to let them know that they're not alone in everything that's that's going on. So I think that's a good place for me to stop. Uh, there's no way to make safe cigarettes. Um, there's no way to make safe football. So it really is just a, a call into question of, uh, where you stand on it. So I'll, I think I'll end it right there. Before I get out of here, make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com. Find earlier episodes of this podcast, as well as episodes of our other podcasts. Make sure you're following Great Geek Refuge on all of our social media accounts. We have Great Geek Refuge on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you'd like to support us, we're also on Patreon as well. I will uh, see you all on the uh, next episode of the postgame. Be easy. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>